0: Thanks for that, Polly. While keeping me company until seven o'clock tonight, my panel, Mark Wallace, is the chief exec of Conservative Home, the writer and broadcaster, Dominique Samuels, and the comedian, Dana Alexander. Got to be honest, last time I had some of this panel, they wouldn't stop talking over each other. So look what I've got, ladies and gentlemen. Look, treated myself, splashed out. Got a gavel, also known as a hammer. Uh, So tonight I'm having none of it. So I will be... Getting some in. although I've got to confess, I did get a really cheap one, the cheapest one I could get, quite frankly, so I'm hoping that the end doesn't actually fly off <laughs> and that I hurt anybody. What can I say? Right, uh, you know uh, the drill on jubes & Co. It's not just about us here, it's about you at home as well. What is on your mind tonight? You can get in touch with me on email gbviews at gbnews.uk You can tweet me at gbnews or at Michelle Joobes. Uh, don't forget, if you haven't already, you can subscribe to our YouTube page. I've just had a look, actually. Uh, lots of you watching on there, so good evening To you. If you have not already, you can download our app, or if you're desperate to go out, worry not, you can take me with you on DAB Plus Radio. So wherever you are joining me tonight, you are very welcome indeed. Now let's get stuck right into our first story, shall we? I've got a confession, I am indeed a capitalist. I very much uh, believe in a capitalist society, uh, competitive markets. Uh, free trade. The government kind of basically sticking their nose uh, as far away out of business as is possible. However, I can't help but wonder as I look around the place. Uh, so many people are struggling right now. Young people uh, that are working, by the way, can't afford to buy their own houses in London. I mean, fat chance. And that is being replicated right across the country. Uh, we've got a summer of so-called. Uh, discontent apparently. We're having strikes already, many coming, even barristers uh, striking as well. We've got inflation rising, interest rates rising. Uh, Many, though, would say that profit margins are also rising. And it's caused me to ponder, is capitalism in crisis? That is, of course, if you agree that this country is very much a capitalist society. Uh, Mark, I'll start with you on this one.
1: Yeah, there are evidently very serious threats to capitalism. Capitalism in the free market is a system that rests on consent. It involves all of us choosing to live in a particular way that respects each other's rights, that that offers opportunity to one another, where we realise that by working together, we can end up uh, better off by by a system of exchange. But currently, you have a system where we have... um, There's a major obstacle, particularly to young people, being able to accrue capital in the first place. Um, There's an obstacle of... In some industries, you see profit being privatised and losses being nationalised, where the yes. taxpayer picks up the downside, it's all upside. And the third element is you do see some, frankly, bad businesses behaving in a bad way, where some, I think we should put our hands up, this, some capitalists um, are sometimes too slow to criticise when, when, when bad businesses exploit their position or behave in, in a negative way. The question is... How do you fix that? And I think particularly the obstacles to accruing capital, locking young people out of the housing market, for example, a lot of that comes from uh, state intervention, You know, the ban and the bans in the planning system from building enough homes, or the drive of inflation. You, you lock everyone away, you prevent them from going to work, and you have to print loads of money in order to, <laughs> to help them pay their bills through furlough and so on. Of course inflation rises, but what that means is that people who did the right thing, who saved, are then robbed by inflation of of the assets they have accrued. And the question is, how do you fight back in order to reset that balance?
0: I don't know. Uh, That is indeed the question. Uh, Are you worried about this, by the way, at home? Get in touch and let me know. Dana, where do you sit?
1: I
2: think capitalism has been in crisis for quite some time, as we saw in the 2008 crash, obviously. I think, what was it, the government ended up bailing out the banks to the tune of, was it eight $180 something like that? I'll find the number in a moment. So, yes, I do think what we really have to look at when we're talking about this crisis is uh, wealth inequality. And I was looking at a study by the Eurostat, which I found very interesting. Um, They basically studied 10 of Northern uh, Europe—Northern Europe, uh, anyways— they measured the 10 richest places and the 10 poorest regions in Northern Europe. And what I found very interesting is that the richest place in Northern Europe is actually Central London. And nine of the 10 poorest places are also strewn uh, throughout England, with West Wales being the poorest in all of Northern Europe.
0: But what does that tell us, though? Because if you look at other countries that have capitalism as their primary economic system, if that's the right phrase then what? Are they faring better than us? Worse than us? Are we well, saying what, that it's what it's all saying is capitalism? basically that
2: the wealth gap is growing and the rich are getting richer and the poor are getting poorer. I, I think you'd find a lot I'm of... Not, oh, not, I,
1: sure. I think it's definitely the case that the rich are getting richer. That doesn't necessarily equate... A, a larger gap doesn't necessarily mean the poor are getting poorer. Well, are have, they, though? Well, we've had societies where we've tried to enforce equality as the primary outcome, even if it reduces the, the lot of the poor. As long as everyone's equal, that's the primary goal. Um, and that increases human misery. I, I, I don't think it's the case that the poor are getting...
2: I would say right that now. wages have pretty much stagnated and we do see a cost-of-living crisis, which Ooh. in, you know, basic terms, basically means people have less uh, money to dispose of, right? Or just use on what they want to use it on.
3: Dominique? Um I don't think the issue is necessarily capitalism in itself because the primary goal um, of capitalism is competition. And that competition is, is indiscriminate. It's based upon what you can offer and whether or not you can offer that um, at a competitive price. That means that businesses tend to make their products better um, and indeed cheaper because obviously people want better and cheaper products. That's how capitalism works. I think the issue is, is that we're seeing an era, and I think it's probably the 2008 crash is a big example of that, I agree, is that we're seeing an era of crony capitalism, not actual capitalism, where certain businesses um, are given preferential treatment by the state. I mean, we saw that with the COVID contracts that were handed out um, during the pandemic. Um, Matt Hancock, the former health secretary, was found to have acted unlawfully in that respect by not um, being transparent enough in terms of the contracts that were awarded. We saw that with the... Former Prime Minister David Cameron, the scandal that he was in with um, lobbying on behalf of that collapsed financial firm, Greenshill Capital, we're at a time where we're not rewarding businesses based upon how they perform, but really based upon, you know, whether or not you have a certain level of con- contacts within government. And I think that that would occur irrespective of a Labour or Conservative government. I think there is an issue really deep at the root of our system. And if we actually went back to, you know, competitive free-market capitalism and not this weird communist slash crony capitalism that we've seen, and we really wouldn't be in this position. We're not right in now. a communist society, though. I don't know We're not in a communist society, but it's like this weird... I mean, perhaps that was a bit of a hyperbole, but it's like this weird mix of socialism and, and, and capitalism. We've got the government spending all this money especially during the pandemic, and then snatching it, all, snatching it all back by refusing to give people pay rises, obviously because of the inflation that they cause, whilst at the same time um, allowing pensioners and those receiving state benefits to have their benefits and their pensions rise to match inflation. It's just, it's not fair.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think, Mark, during the pandemic, the, bit, the government, for me, was too desperate to, to try and keep all companies And I know people will be watching that saying, well, why should people lose their jobs? But it is basic natural uh, forces that not all businesses should stay afloat. Some of them, I would say, we kept companies on essentially some kind of life support machine that they weren't really viable businesses. We just kept them going a couple more years than they ought to have been. Um, But I worry more because I do support businesses making profit. But I think what I worry about is going into the irresponsible Verge now. So I'll give you an example banks, and people will spit the tea out laughing at me saying, When have they ever been responsible? But you can see at the moment we're on the fast track to potentially quite high base rates, interest rates. Mm -hmm. Um, I I mention this often, it's my little gripe. The second it goes up, the base rate, you get a text message within a nanosecond from your bank saying, Sorry to disappoint you all, but your variable rate will be going up if that's what you've got. You do not get the same text message ever. I don't think I've ever received one from my bank saying, Good news, savers. Your saving product has gone up. I don't um, think I've ever had one.
1: And, and when you see negative rates, when have you ever seen a bank start paying out to borrowers? Of course, <laughs> you know? they, but they um, don't. Of it, course. Uh, in, indeed. I mean, for, for, for that matter, you know, you, you can note this on, in some other institutions, HMRC will uh, charge you uh, interest uh, for a much longer period of time when you owe them money than uh, try and get interest out than when they've overcharged you and you're <laughs> finding it out. But mm-hmm. th- there is that, you know, that... Um, your major challenge, as I, as I said before, about exactly how you you know in the pandemic, for example, I can understand why at the start of a uh, you know in our lifetime unprecedented unprecedented situation, I can understand why you had blanket measures in terms of say furlough, in terms of business loans, and so on. Remember, back in March, April, twenty twenty, there were people. I was, I was speaking to people that we work with about postponing and moving an event online. I remember three or four people writing back to me and saying. Why don't you just delay it by a month and then we'll all be back? And ha-ha, we now know life was different. Where I do agree is that it's obviously the case that some industries are not coming back in the same way they were. And I think for far too long, we allowed what were already, frankly, zombie companies, dead businesses walking, to carry on. when it was already clear, really, that the writing's on the wall. For you know, there'll, there'll be other industries that are going to be in huge trouble as the aftermath of the pandemic continues to unravel. Um, I think we'll see this in rail, for example, where the RMT are deluded if they're looking at the rail industry thinking, you know what, it's back to business <laughs> as usual for commuters. Um, but but I think there were some cases, you're right, where the writing was on the wall earlier, it was quite clear, and actually politicians, I don't think, really wanted to take the plunge early and say terribly sorry this business think, doesn't exist anymore. Yeah,
3: and I think it's also to do with a bit of inconsistency as well, because my gripe is um, I can obviously appreciate that many businesses and, and many people um, would have lost their jobs during the pandemic if the government hadn't stepped in. Um, but, you know, the government took this socialist approach, really, to, to the pandemic. But then when we're in a cost of living crisis at the moment. All of a sudden, people are saying that we should invoke these sort of penny pinching, austerity-like attitudes towards public spending. And I think for that, it just appears inconsistent and it makes the government look as though they're not really invested in everyday working people and at the same time focusing on the wrong things. For example, um, this green agenda that the government has, throwing money at all of these companies that profess to want to do all these great things um, for the environment. And really, it's just spaffing money up the wall, refusing to actually look into the benefits of fracking um, is, is, is an example of another one. It seems ideology seems to trump common sense recently as well.
0: Do you think that's fair? Ideology trumps common sense, don't it? Well, I think at the end
2: of the day, we have to look what happens in the end. All of this is guesswork right at the beginning. But what I would like to say is I don't think that capitalism or socialism or communism has ever existed in its purest forms. So I think what we have, because we're talking about a Tory government, and a lot of people immediately associate that with capitalism, and I would have to agree with Dominique on the sense that, yes, they, they did behave in a bit of a socialist way, but I, I really think that they had to. And as somebody who works up and down the country, I've seen way too many uh, businesses go under Debenhams is gone. Like, you go down to some of mm. these smaller towns, and th- they've just been devastated. And I ha- I, there has to be something done. I mean, if we're going to... I think it's very interesting that the government decided to give retirees, the 10% increase, right? And I also think it's also interesting to note that 65% of them vote Tory. That's another, uh, <laughs> another thing to talk about. But uh, we have to be real because once these wages start to go down, we're going to start putting people in some very desperate situations and it will have an impact on our society at large.
0: Yeah, James makes a good point. James says, Michelle, we don't have true capitalism in this country. The government is way too involved in everybody's lives. The government should be by our side and not on our backs. Ian says, the primary goal of capitalism is to screw the workers and make shareholders and excesses rich. Get a grip, Michelle. Um, Kevin says, capitalism in crisis seems to suggest that the alternative might be an improvement. Uh, What would you rather do? Go and live in somewhere like Venezuela, Russia, Cuba? No, I wouldn't. I'd rather live anywhere quite like it here. I just think for me, I just worry if too many companies – and I understand it, Mark, by the way, because a lot of companies have been squeezed and they've struggled over the last couple of years. And I just don't know if a couple of them are getting a little bit too ahead of themselves when it comes to uh, the price rises uh, because, sure, you know, supply chain costs are increasing, but not often to the extent that I feel like I see it when I go out and about – Mobile phone uh, contracts—the mm. one that I'm on—I got a text, however long ago it was. We're putting it up: uh, RPI plus this, plus that, plus that. And I sat there and I thought, well, why? What's your justification for that?
1: Exactly. There's, there's nobody carrying the text messages to and from your door who's having, who's getting paid a <laughs> wage it's to do that. The infrastructure is pretty automated. And I think, there's, as you said earlier, the fact is when you know if fuel prices go up in a uh, in, in an inflationary environment or, or due to a supply chain. Problem, for example, with with the war in Ukraine. When are they going to come down? Do we do we believe they'll ever come back down to the level they were before in in three never. or They never, never do. There's a ratchet effect. Mm. Unfortunately, you see the same, of course, with tax. You know, the fact is that if you look at the proportion of the price at the pump on petrol that goes through VAT, that goes through fuel duty, um, the exchequer is laughing on the back of this. You know, when we talk about. Um, Windfall taxes. Where's the windfall tax on on the exchequer? You know they're making it a fortune when your energy windfall bill, household tax energy bill, yourself. goes up.
0: Is that your? Is well, that we your
1: plan? we we could see some kind of rebate, couldn't we? Wouldn't that wouldn't that be a reasonable basis? The exchequer's raking in more money. For example, we still charge VAT, albeit the reduced rate on household energy in this country. Everyone's lamenting that household energy bills are going up. There's there's green levies, as Dominic says, on those bills as well. You know, perhaps you know even. While you deal with questions of, say, corporate price gouging, if that's happening, uh, in various different industries, the exchequer is also making its cut. It gets a proportionate, you know, it charges by the percent.
0: Well, Peter's having none of it. Peter says, uh, Michelle, this cost of living crisis is nowhere near what it was in the 70s. My mortgage was 17.5% and wage rises were 5%. These young people don't know how lucky they are. So, says Peter. uh, I bet Peter has a house. Do you have a house, Peter? Um, I bet you do as well. And I wonder, <laughs> I wonder Peter, how much equity you have made uh, in that property. Because I, I will be fair, anyone that's kind of youngish or whatever, quite frankly, it don't matter being young or not, if you're trying to get onto the housing uh, ladder right now, it is extortionate. And when you compare that to average wages, it is extreme. So you tell me, Peter. You get back to me. I'm going to take a break. And while I'm in the break, you can reply to me. I've got a quick question for you. Do you have a house? What did you pay for it? And how how many times your earnings was what you bought your house? How much equity have you got in it now? Uh, No, I'm not the tax man. I'm just curious. Lots of you guys getting in touch. But not you, Peter. I've been waiting. I've been poised waiting for your response, uh, if you missed the programme just before the break. Uh, Peter was basically saying that the young basically don't know they're born uh, compared to how hard it used to be in the olden days. So I've asked Peter for a couple of examples. I wait with bated breath. I'm genuinely fascinated as to um, what's what Darren says. Michelle, what a pathetic answer from you. Uh, Do you really think it was easy to get on the housing ladder back when interest rates were 15% grow up? Of course, people of an older generation will have equity, as everyone buying a house uh, now will have in 30 years too, Darren. Ah, well, my my question back to that, uh, Darren, would be that actually if you compare it, because I too bought a house when I was very young and I had to scrimp and save and all the rest of it, but comparatively... The difference and the disproportionality between what you earn and the prices. I mean, look in London. I don't know where anyone lives, but if I'll pick London because I'm sitting here, uh, London, for example, you're buying shoeboxes. I'm talking mm. actual shoeboxes now. Many people live in a single room with their bed and this and that and all the, the other. And it's their hundreds and hundreds of thousands of pounds. I think the well's gone mad. Anyway, you tell me what you think. Uh, as I said, Darren thinks I'm absolutely deluded. I'm waiting uh, to hear what Peter has to say about his property and keep getting in touch. A lot of people, by the way, are quite offended at what I'm saying the suggestion um, that now it's all about the young people struggling and somehow a reflection that they didn't have to struggle. Yeah, that's not what you're saying. Well, I know, but people are, uh, people have a lot of equity in their properties, don't they? And I think there is a, when we talk, I'm going massively off topic, by the way, sorry, I will, I will move on in a sec. When we talk about, in fact, no, do you know what, I'll talk about it, I'll, I'll come back.
2: I know I a think. guy who bought his, his parents bought their house for something like three or five grand up north in the middle of nowhere, and it's worth 80 now. Mm-hmm. It's humongous. 80 mm-hmm. is just, it's just a cheap so. house now, do you know what I mean? Yeah. 80,000.
0: 80, uh, eight, mm. What, you can buy a house now for 80. Well, this he's in the
2: middle of nowhere. What's it? Steve Allen's parents. We were talking about it on Headliners another week. But yeah, they got huge yeah, amounts 80s. of equity.
0: 8 well, is very cheap from even to the million hole. But anyway, I, it for nothing. I oh. digress. This is not Homes Under the Hammer, in case you've just uh, tuned in. You've not watched uh, the wrong program, don't worry. <laughs> and I think that whole housing topic, it deserves more focus, doesn't it? I'm going to be doing some special programs over the summer. Uh, and one of them is going to be about the housing crisis. What do we do? Have we got a crisis? How do we fix it? What is the answer? Anyway, for now, though, the British Council has come in for criticism after an internal report ranked the UK alongside countries with poor human rights records such as Afghanistan and Libya. The Council is meant to promote Britain overseas, but the Mail obtained an internal report which included Britain in a list of countries where there are, I quote, ethnic conflicts, civil disturbances and genocides. The report also said that in the UK, racism permeates institutions, laws, policies, procedures and practice. Sounds awful. Why in F would you want to live there? Uh, Anyway, Dominic, what do you make to all this? I just think it's quite frankly insulting to suggest that the UK
3: is a country marred by racial tension and violence and and civil (laughs) disobedience or whatever, because in comparison to um, countries across the world and countries in Europe, um, the UK is one of the most racially tolerant countries. Now, that doesn't mean that racism doesn't exist here. And I think whenever people say that, they're like, oh, you're saying racism doesn't exist? That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying comparative to many countries all over the world, Britain is a warm, welcoming place to be and that's why so many people choose to live here Mm. and come here from overseas. If we were such a horrible place, why do so many people actually want to come here? And I think, really, this is about um, a sort of left-wing self-flagellation that seeks to paint this country as some evil beacon of hatred and racism when, quite frankly, that isn't the case. And it's insulting, actually, to countries like Saudi Arabia, Qatar, China, that have very overt forms of racism. Look at the modern slave trade that still exists in the Middle East that um, involves mostly West Africans.
0: That's the things that we should be focusing on and those are the things that matter, but conveniently the report doesn't do that. Yeah, China, by the way, you talk about conveniently, yeah, that was missing. But I, I mentioned I wasn't being glib by the way when I said it sounds awful, why would anyone live wanna live there? Because that is actually the one of the purposes of the British Council. It's supposed to promote us. Anyone reading those kind of uh, documents would be forgiven for thinking, what a cesspit. <laughs> but I really don't believe that it is. Uh, Dana, am I wrong? Well, I wouldn't say that it's a cesspit, but I would say as a Canadian that I was
2: surprised to see so many right-wing groups when I came here. BNP, we've talked about this, EDL, UCLIP, UKIP, Reclaim. We know the history with the National Front. And I think when you you're... You are Reclaim to
3: the National Front. And That's and I'm ridiculous. Not, see, this
2: is where we get into the point where everyone's interrupting and then I'm the bad left. But I didn't, right? you, I didn't interrupt on. you before. <laughs> can I finish my point? Can I finish my yes, point? Yes, you can. Go okay, on. OK, so basically, are you are you asserting... Are you saying that Quango is some evil left organisation? I mean, if we're going to promote Britain overseas especially when we're promoting it to countries that may have been former colonies, it might be in our interest to do a little bit of acknowledgement or people are just going to look at you like you're crazy. We have to make a decision. Are we going to tackle racism or are we here to keep up appearances? But... To suggest that our society is marred by racial tension. When I got here in 2011, they burnt down my neighbourhood in a race riot after uh, Mark Duggan was shot by the police. I would say that that's extreme racial violence and tension across the country. Well,
0: hang on just a nanosecond, because etched on my brain are these uh, Mark Duggan riots that you're referring to. Mm-hmm. I remember them. Um I particularly remember, for example, Clapham. I don't know where you live. Tottenham, but I, I was where I was. Yeah, I remember Clapham. I'll never forget those riots, but I would actually dispute, dinner, and I'm going a little bit off, topic but you know whatever it's my own show what if i can't do that on my own show what can i do mark
1: that makes it the topic it's, <laughs> it's not off topic it's
0: it's it's anyway the mark duggan you say about these racial intentions inequalities all the rest those people that were out were rioting that those nights about mark duggan most of those people were not rioting about mark duggan most of those people recognize an opportunity to, to go d- and ransack footlocker and get their latest Nike Air max jordans or whatever it was i'm not trendy enough to know that's what they were doing because so they, get away. They, they, the they, sorry, they they weren't upset? They weren't upset? They the Even in Manchester? They weren't upset that an unarmed man was shot? They were upset they about... Upset
1: that they were upset about they didn't sorry, go I thought we were, were not shouting over to you. But it, uh, the, they, it, they, they they were annoyed about Mark Duggan being shot. Annoyed. They were... Understatement. There was a riot, I would argue, a series of riots against law and order. You think that was a sure. race riot? It was about after a gangster was shot by the police, there was unarmed. a riot against law and order. Um, well, I, I, and they tried to frame him as well. I think, I think we can refer back to the, the, the findings, of the, court, farm the findings well. of the court case. But, well, there, there's no hey, Waltz, there but He was. Even his son is a drunk. I, I, well, so. I, I think it's at minimum debatable to say the 2011 <laughs> riots were race riots. Certainly in various parts of London, what you saw, including in Streatham uh, Hill in South London, where I lived at the time, what you saw was mobs of people of a range of different races, including white people, white. Including yeah. white people um, often attacking, for example, sh- uh, people who are running shops and small and businesses. And
2: Colston. Also, How about the Colston statue Sorry, down. just a
1: moment. I did actually wait when you, when you were making your point. There were, there were people who were running shops and trying to protect their properties and small businesses, mm-hmm. also many of them ethnic minority, mm-hmm. defend, trying to defend their property against riots against the principle of law and order. Yeah. That's very different to a race, right? Colston, I think... Um, what you see there, unfortunately, was, you know, is there a debate about the, about, uh, the memorialisation of racists in history? Undoubtedly, there is. Frankly, we are a country where, by and large, the vast majority of debate about that happens in a peaceable way. It doesn't happen in a country that feels to me marred by violence. I think it's quite concerning, for example, when uh, the, the, the way genocide is bundled in, in by the British Council in reference to this list... Um, that's quite concerning to me too, because, for example, my uh, wife and children are descendants of a child survivor of the Armenian genocide. And I think these things are incredibly important to understand why they have happened, why they're happening right now with China trying to exterminate the Uyghur people and to carry out cultural as that's well as religious. physical genocide. Well, it, it, it's cultural and physical and racial genocide that's being 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 carried yeah, out there, in, 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 including including religious, because you have a, uh, a a Maoist state that views the idea of having a Muslim minority within its borders as a as a threat to their ideology. The Russian genocide that's being, uh, that's being attempted against Ukraine currently, or the history of, say, the Holodomor, uh, the, previous, uh, the, the Soviet Union's genocide against Ukrainians. These are incredibly important things to understand. It's right that we talk about them, including Britain's role in genocides and, uh, and, and various atrocities in, in, in the past as well. But I just... It have does. you ever
2: experienced racism?
1: Sorry? Have you ever experienced racism? Have I? Um, no, I don't believe I have.
2: It's kind of but, interesting that but, you're, you're but trying to t- sorry, tell but, this but, to a black person in this I'm, country. It's not a question of and telling... And that we're centering your feelings sorry, just, no, in it's a discussion not, it's about race. It's not a question
1: of my feelings. Uh, what, I, what I did just mention was there was a genocide which because- tried to exterminate my wife and her children from ever, ever, ever existing. When a 12-year-old girl 105 years ago was the only survivor of her village in West Armenia. We're talking about Britain. Sorry? We're talking well, about we're, Britain. So, oh, sorry, this, this doesn't count. This is not, not I'm not relevance. saying that it doesn't
2: count. We're specifically it talking about racial tensions within Britain. So you're drawing a comparison to Armenia talking as a about, white person who's never experienced we're racism... We're talking about the British trying Castle. to explain racial but, tension that you've never experienced in this country to a black I'm person to that lives in this country. I'm talking to you I'm sorry, if you're
1: taking, but I, I think, for example, we're allowed to have an exchange in which... I absolutely recognise that there are racial tensions in this country. I questioned whether the 2011 riots were race riots or whether they were riots against the principle of law and order. I think it's allowed to disagree with that in a respectful way. Sure. Weapon. I think you might but have I... a little bit more of a leg to
2: stand on if you were someone who actually has ever experienced racism.
1: Yeah, but well, I don't. But, but, it, but I'm, what, I'm, what I'm not seeking right now is a leg for me personally to stand on. What I'm interested in is an informed discussion. And
2: don't you think that strange. is a bit of a race? Don't a a think it would be a little bit strange well. for you to ask me what how homophobia is in England? as someone who is not part of the,
1: the I think, LGBTQ community. I think it would be completely acceptable for you to have a, a, a view on it as informed as you might try to be while not claiming to be the, the Bible. It doesn't negate lived experience. I, I, but I, but on, I don't think, oh, I, Sorry, can I just want to know? Did I ever actually. say that it, that it did negate lived experience? Because I think it's, it's somewhat controversial to suggest that I just, I just said it negates. I've never said that. I've never said that. I think it's very Dana, unfair to suggest that I have.
0: Dana, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't really share this narrative that of course what you're you don't. Trying That's to do That's why you hired me on the show. No, but hold on. You don't even know what I'm going to say. I don't share this narrative that because he's white, he can't have an opinion on racism. Because by your very didn't definition. Say that. By your very definition, if what you're suggesting is there's all these racial tensions, well, it must be perpetrated by someone, and I'm assuming that the people that you think are perpetrating this are the white people. So therefore, surely, you can have a view even from that perspective. I find this whole situation about you can't talk about racism because you're not black and therefore you've got no lived experience. Once again, you've truncated what I've
2: said and you've misinterpreted what I said. He does have an opinion on racism. We're on a show talking about racism. What I'm trying to say is if we're going to have discussions about this, and if the government Government's going to hire people to investigate these things. We can't start overshadowing voices that have, sorry, that actually have lived experiences. Uh, but we did
3: that. Sense. I'm sorry, but we, we did that though. Um, for example, um, the race report that came out um, last year, which is widely discussed, because uh, yes, but, but that, was, well, that was that uh, was written, that, but that was written by people that have a lived experience. They are black people. And Asian people. How many people they don't even, they even want to be... Just be just a do a a they a just, You need to prank. let Dominique speak so well. They just, Speated, so, happen, they just so
0: happen to be black people... That, that don't even want to be... Don't share a yeah, I'm, literally, don't share. I'm about <laughs> to hammer my thing and I don't want to hammer my thing because we're not all 12. Yeah, we all just listen to you. Now, Dominique, I would like to listen to you as well. OK, the thing is,
3: a different view on racism and race relations in the UK, which was seen via the race report that was released last year... Because that doesn't follow the left-wing narrative of racism is rife in Britain and it's everywhere you go and every single disparity that exists between ethnic minorities needs to be viewed through a lens of white versus black when actually the reality is it's not like that. It's actually um, way more nuanced. Unless you have that viewpoint, you're immediately shut down. There are black people like myself who actually have experienced racism from a range of different people, not just
2: white people. Um, you said it was just white people. That was- what you imposed into this conversation. You. Not, no, I didn't. Y- there it one is. is not, you
3: it? No, I'm not saying you've said that verbally, but it's the way you sort of framed <laughs> the debate. All of a sudden, Mark can't have an opinion on racism because, because, he has because a you're a black and woman and you have, have this experience. You, say that? you can't monopolise debates based upon your personal characteristics. I'd just like to
1: reiterate, you did un- inaccurately, untru- untruthfully say that I had said at any point that... Somebody else having an opinion, including me, negates lived experience, which I, I would, I do think, would be reasonable for you to acknowledge. I didn't say.
2: Well, I didn't say is that you can't have an opinion on racism. Which what I, I will say is of. that it's a bit absurd that you're lecturing a black person not who lives you about. But I'm, but I'm black but, and I don't agree with you. You know what side so your how, bread's so buttered you, on, girl? Of course oh, you're not going to say it. Exactly,
3: and that, is, and that is the root of it the idea that someone can't disagree with you and just literally have a different no, opinion. No, because the problem is it has is, is to be because, because my bread, bread like is buttered on, on a no, different no, 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 side no, 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 when, no. in reality, you're from Canada. You're not even yeah, British. Yeah, I am. So, my So British, my experience of her grandmother's is probably better than yours. You're not even British. So, what? So, you can't have an opinion on race relationships. See, this is the point of ha, That's how it goes. That's how it goes. Living in I'm factory. using your own logic, oh, darling. Take me a break. That's your logic. I live
2: in Britain. Odds I live, live in. Britain. You're not British, though. I'm so? Have you lived yeah. here your whole no. life? I've lived here 12 years. My mother's British. You've not lived here her your I'm whole British. life. And your queen is you not her living here the whole You've not lived here the whole life. And I'm You
0: know what? I'm I have a more opinion than you, you mother. using that logic. Pack it in, the pair of you. You guys hired us. You know we don't get along. I don't know. No, but you don't need to. I don't
2: not
3: get along with
0: you.
2: I don't get along with you. I don't even know you.
0: Why can't we have respectful. Disagreement. Because what so you've done is because you, cause you guys like to
2: triple up on the lefty. You know, you know, you brought me on here for a little bit of controversy. You know, it didn't go they off know, so well. Grow long last up. Time. Grow up. As girl. you said, what, you're old you enough 20... to be my
3: mother. Exactly. I'm on debate so shows what, all think... the time where I'm debating one person and two presenters. And look at you, You're the only. And I'm not one here in
2: face, girl. So just relax. You're the only...
0: Who's not? I need to relax because you're acting girl. like a child. See, I've got to girl, be I'll say how what I want is said. I'll tell you though. Why are you even on here? I don't think this is. I don't think did Not I necessary. ask to be here? Then go did on. I ask to be? Bye. Here? <laughs> you I I, whoa, <laughs> now second. you're in hiring. Hey, Now you're hiring, Excuse girl. Me. Excuse me. It is actually my program. When you say that you did, you, you know, you did, if if you don't want to be here, you hired you me. Don't. But the
2: problem is, is you guys. We don't even have a balanced discussion. First of all, you put me on here with three people who are politically opposed to me, and then I'm supposed to hear, yes, Britain's a great place. There are racial problems, which you've acknowledged, and I'm sorry, this whole woke, left, they're after us. Listen, there are issues, and I'm sorry, if Britain wants to improve on these issues, if you look at countries like South Africa, they did something called the Truth and Reconciliation Commission. If you look at Germany, it didn't meet Because South ne- going so no. well right now. Oh, well, that's not what the point uh. is, you don't even know the half of it, girl, because you probably weren't even born. Let's talk that about detoxification. We have to unlearn this. This there. Listen, we can go to Glasgow. We can go to Liverpool. We can go to all the shores where people... Come on, we put up statues of guys that drowned 20,000 slaves in the sea. We still well, have streets disputing. named after that them. And you're going to sit here and pretend that there's no racial
0: tension? It's tense okay. right now. No, no, it's well, tense right David, now. No one said that there's no racial tension. Of course, you'd be a stupid person if you think that there's no racial tension in this country. The I think thing your you're more upset that you're on a list uh, with that. me. Honest, yeah. The thing that people are getting uh, upset about or frustrated about or whatever you want to call it is this notion that we are this almost kind of cesspit Stop of awfulness. what I
2: say. I'm I am talking about it.
0: the fact, excuse me, I'm talking about the fact that the UK is on a report alongside those countries that we've just listed and that was the debate that we're supposed to be having. I don't appreciate the kind of, the, the nastiness sometimes that we get. Respectful debate is what I welcome and appreciate on Jubes and Co. We've been discussing uh, the situation around the UK a lot, haven't we, tonight? But I'll tell you where we are. World-leading, and it's a place that probably none of us would want us to be, fraud. A Daily Mail investigation says that we are the global capital of fraud, with almost £3 billion lost every single year to scam artists. 40 million Brits are apparently targeted annually. Are you one of them? I've got to say, these uh, scammers, they are incredibly sophisticated, aren't they? Uh, It really is uh, tricky sometimes to decipher what is a genuine request for your details and what is fraudulent. Uh, Dana, do you think we do enough? Do we take fraud seriously in this country? Well,
2: I think a lot of people are really uninformed about what's actually happening. Uh, you can actually find out a little bit more about a lot of these. There's there's guys who work on YouTube called Scammer Payback. I can't remember his name. I think it's Parogi or something like that, who actually go after these call centres in places like New Delhi and things like that. And you have to know that these people are probably targeting Britain because of the strength of its currency. But also we have an ageing population and they tend to kind of study, find out what your age is so a lot of the time if you get like a data collection for like for examples what is your name is this your house we're the council we're going to come by with um, some some repairs or whatever like that people fish for data and then they'll use that against you and they'll target you saying you haven't paid enough tax they'll target you saying um, you we, we have a refund that we're going to give you for an Amazon product that you didn't buy all sorts of things to get your details and don't ever ever anytime that somebody calls you that you don't know what you need to do is you need to get on the internet and you need to find out where that number is from by doing a reverse lookup.
3: Um Yeah, I've actually had experience with um, fraud. It's probably <laughs> my fault for being stupid, but um, they're really prevalent on Snapchat. So there are these um, celebrities, uh, these influencers, that um, promote these Snapchat, Snapchat accounts or these Instagram accounts that promise that if you invest this amount of money, you'll get this amount of money back in return. So when I was in, um, I, think it was, I think it was my first year of university, um, I did that with an amount of money and surprise, surprise, I didn't get the money back. I felt ridiculous um, and stupid. You lost it all. Yeah, but luckily, actually, I didn't think I would, but my bank actually refunded me the money. I explained what had happened, that I'd obviously been um, defrauded. And uh, my bank is a good one because I actually received the money back. So it is a problem. It's happened to me loads of times. I don't know where my number is, but I get texts a lot of the time and and recently I even got a weird call from someone even trying to get my details. Luckily um, I realised who it was and put the phone down but this is actually a a really big problem and doing reading on this um, I didn't
0: realise the scale of it to be honest. Yeah one of the things I think uh, is really peculiar Mark, I'm sure we've all had this, is when you get a phone call from, I don't know, who, let's just pick a random company, American Express. And I'm not picking on American Express, I'm just using it as an example. They'll say, oh, hello, is that uh, Michelle Drewbrick? Yes. Right, before I proceed, can I take some of your details? Sorry? Well, you know, your date birth, you're this, you're that. No, I have no idea who you are. You just called me out of the blue. What is it? Yes, but until you identify yourself, we can't proceed with a call. Well, I don't want the call. You called me, and yeah, I that's... found that such a strange notion.
1: It's framed as a security check, even when it's the legitimate company. And actually, it, it, it is unfortunately these people are very, very fraudsters are very, very clever in terms of spotting these kind of human behaviours that you can play on, the psychological game in order to in order to scam people. I've got to say credit to Dominic for. Talking about your own experience on this, yeah. one of the things that he, uh, you know, a huge amount of this um, figure is hidden below the, the below the waterline because people understandably do feel really embarrassed about, about it. Um, you know, even to you know, there's um, there's a, a, a neighbour of ours um, who lives with her elderly mother who who, who isn't very well. Um, who had somebody ring up and say that they were the, tele- the they, they were the phone company and there was this kind of issue with her with, with her phone line mm. and then they came to her door and then they took her in the car to a cash point take money out but and she was too ashamed obviously she realised what had happened she was too ashamed wow. and also frightened because they knew where she yeah. lived to talk about this I've got to say unfortunately we're going to see I expect an even more rapid rise in online um, uh, frauds and computer hijacking, not least, of course, because some of this is also state-sponsored. And actually, Russia has increasingly made this a state-sponsored industry, where effectively, the Kremlin now has a, because it has a cash flow problem for external currencies. It's basically made a deal with organised crime, that it will turn a blind eye in return for a cut of the profits. And so I think we're going to see more of this used as an economic weapon um, as well as something that just simply takes place in organised crime.
0: Well, David's been in touch. So, Michelle, I can't believe anyone falls for the tricksters. I would always write, uh, tell them to write to me. Then I would check personally. I think you'd be surprised, actually, David, because uh, some of these scams, they are incredibly sophisticated. Mm. And it's not everything, I guess, that you can ask them uh, to write to you but it's certainly one tactic um, to get people to do that see whether or not uh, it works have you been a victim of fraud by the way uh, if you have tell me peter uh, if he was watching at the start of the program you remember Peter who got in touch he said michelle my first terrace house was six thousand pounds it was two and a half times uh, my salary that was all we could borrow he says from the building society we've since moved six times the house now we're retired to is a bungalow and it's worth approximately quarter of a million pounds not doing too bad, are you, Peter? Uh, all I'd say back to that is, I'll pick on London again just because we're sitting here. Uh, quarter of a million pounds in London. Phew, I dread to think what it'd buy you. Uh, somewhere incredibly small, tiny, maybe even a studio flat, a room with a bed, etc. Um, right. I was just about to read some more fraud stories, but you know what? We can read fraud, and we all get the picture, don't we? Uh, be careful out there, is the point. Lots of response to that racism uh, conversation. I can imagine <laughs> the sentiment that I'm getting, uh, thick and fast is that people don't have the sense that, uh, ri- that Britain is absolutely steeped in racism to its core, all of these institutions and uh, all the rest of it. But each to their own, certainly dis- differing opinions on this panel. Let me ask, uh, shall I say end by asking you a simple question. If you could, would you want to live until you're 200? No is my answer to that. Uh, The reason I'm asking, by the way, because all of this kind of anti-aging technology and all the rest of it, these scientists now reckon that progress is being made so quickly that you watching us, you could live until you're about 150, 200? No, thanks. I definitely would. Would you will. want to live till 200? No. No, would you? <laughs>
1: definitely. <laughs> Especially I couldn't, the way I, I would going. love to see what the future holds.
0: No, you wouldn't. Would, I'm it. terrified. I'll be
1: a wrinkly old walnut the in the cold. corner watching it, but I'd still love to see what uh, the future It's exciting. You know, Imagine how much the world's changed in the last 150 years. Imagine what's going to come. It's, 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 I'd love to see that. It'd be like a time machine just taking <laughs> a long time Dino, together. Dana, would you want
0: to live till you're 200, 150? I think that would
1: depend on what condition I'm in.
0: Yeah, but I think that
3: based anyway. upon how things are going, like, there'll be no such thing as men or women, no such thing as borders. God, I no can't to
1: think. <laughs> No such thing as age. I'm an optimist. I think the human, uh, <laughs> the human condition, despite many downsides and flaws, has continued overall to improve, at, while in, massively increasing the number of people at the same time. So I think, I think the future's going to be really exciting. I envy my kids the prospect of what they're going to see when, when, when they're 100. Global worrying.
0: Oh, you're so, you're, actually, as long as
1: we don't have to sit on this panel until we're 200, well, to be honest with you.
0: I'm going oh, to come to one of your gigs. Uh, you're a comedian. I'm intrigued. I shall get myself along <laughs> and see how it is. Uh, anyway, no, I most certainly would not want to live until I was 200 years old. If my mum's watching, she'll know she's got a saying. She always says, uh, You've got to die to make way for the babies. Very true, Mom. If everyone lived until they were 200, where would we make the room for the new babies that are coming along? That's what I'm pondering. Yeah. Um, lots of you, as I said, the topic that's got you all talking tonight is uh, the racist one. Ryan says, it's absolute nonsense. I've never understood the self-loving of one's own country. Britain is beautiful. His words, not mine. Have yourself a fantastic night and I'll see you tomorrow.